0: Welcome to the garbage pod. One pod, one load of garbage.
1: 29
0: and 28.
1: Remanded in custody. There's something we've been curious about this broadcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Garbage Pod for our annual delve into the phenomenon that is the Eurovision Song Contest. The Eurovision Song Contest features artists from across Europe and strangely, Australia. Over the years, Eurovision has launched the careers of many bands and artists and probably the most famous of these is ABBA. Joining me for the 66th edition of the contest is my TGP nominal co-host and stateside Eurovision fan, John Berger. Hello. How are you doing, John? I'm doing all right. Good, good, good. And also returning from a Garbage Pod debut in 2021 is the Welsh songstress, Leslie Ann Shaw. Leslie was part of the choir for Daddy Freya's 10 Years, which was Iceland's entry in 2021. How are you doing, Leslie? I'm
2: very good. Thank you very much. You?
1: Yeah, doing fine. It's, it's good to get people together. John, I know you've been uh, busy lately because you've been all over the place doing your convention thing. Yeah, it's still recovering. <laughs> it's a
3: four-day event, isn't it? It's a four-day event and it's not relaxing. Video game conventions are not relaxing. <laughs> you know, because for me, you got the drive up there to and from and then you got to get in there early in the morning. Otherwise, good luck finding a parking spot and then fighting the lines you know for waiting and then you get you're walking around all day you're on your feet you're checking out the game demos and all that other stuff and then you go home and you're tired but then you have to eat and all of that and then you have to go to bed early so that you can wake up early and repeat ad nauseum for the next few days and (laughs) PAX is never relaxing it's fun and I I miss it I miss the fact that it wasn't on last year but it's
1: not relaxing So uh, we'll go into that a bit more on TGP Nominal when we get the next episode out. I'm not sure when that will be, but uh, that will be soon, hopefully. Now, Leslie, as I mentioned there, you you were involved with the um, Iceland entry for Eurovision last year. And you've, you've actually been to see Daddy Freya in concert, haven't you?
2: Yeah, oh, he's awesome. It was the postponed tour from the year before because of COVID. Then he released his next tour and that sold out. So I'm really glad we got the tickets for the first one. But he was absolutely amazing. Really good gig.
1: He's mainly keyboards, but he can do a lot of other things as well. But he can put himself to different styles of music, can't he?
2: Yeah, he mostly did the keys and his samples, what have you. There was a a girl next to him on percussion, really full of energy. She was bouncing around. No, she wasn't sat down doing it. She was jumping around and covering any of the female parts from any of the songs. And then another guy on guitar but then sometimes Daddy would jump on guitar or onto bass or some front man as well really really good with the crowd yeah really chilled gets everyone kind of giggling it was really intimate it was lovely
1: because I watched a couple of his lockdown concert things that he did from his house and they were pretty good
2: two of the covers he did in the live gig One of them you shouldn't really get excited about, but they started playing the Birdie song and the place (laughs) went absolutely insane, really did. He does all sorts. I don't know how he does it, to be fair. He's busy and does a really good job of everything he does. Awesome. But just don't mention Ya Ya Ding Dong to him. He doesn't like it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, so we're going to take a short break now and when we come back, uh, let's start the show with some Eurovision news. Welcome back to the Garbage Pod for our Eurovision special. Now, we mentioned before the break that we were going to come back to you with some news. Basically, we're going to go through what's happening in Turin this year and uh, other bits and pieces as well.
3: Wouldn't you be saying bits and bobs? Isn't that the British phrase for it?
1: <laughs> yeah, bits and pieces, bits and bobs. Odds and sods. What are you calling a sod? <laughs> Italy will host the Eurovision Song Contest for the third time in its history, having previously staged the event in Naples in 1965 and Rome in 1991. The city of Turin has been chosen to be the host city of the 66th Eurovision Song Contest following a strong city bid process. A total of 17 cities and regions competed to host the world's largest music event, which reached nearly 190 million viewers on TV and online in 2021.
3: So the semifinals of the Eurovision Song Contest 2022 will take place on the 10th and 12th of May, with the grand final being held on the 14th of May and the Pala Olimpico in Turin, one of Italy's largest indoor arenas.
1: The Eurovision Song Contest executive supervisor, Martin Osterdahl, welcomed a choice, he said, Turin is the perfect host city for the 66th Eurovision Song Contest. As we saw during the 2006 Winter Olympics, Palo Olimpico exceeds all the requirements needed to stage a global event of this scale. And we have been very impressed with the enthusiasm and commitment from the city of Turin who will welcome thousands of fans in May. This will be the first Eurovision Song Contest to be held in Italy in 30 years. And together with our host broadcaster, Rai, we are determined to make this a special one.
3: Rai an Italian and national broadcaster CEO Carlo Fortes, hope I got that right, added, we are happy that Turin will host the next edition of the Eurovision Song Contest, the international festival loved by a huge audience in every country. The choice made by Rai together with the EBU was not easy given the high level of the proposals made by the competing cities, which I thank for their enthusiastic participation.
1: The mayor of Turin said hosting the Eurovision Song Contest in 2022 in Turin is at the same time a great honor and a great result for our city and country. We are delighted to represent Italy in front of a large audience and we are already preparing to welcome guests from all over Europe. As always, we will be ready.
3: Palo Olimpico is widely recognized as the largest multifunctional indoor arena facility in Italy It's located within Torino Olympic Park in the Santa Rita district of the city and is a few meters east of the Olympic Stadium. The arena opened in December 2005 and was originally built at a cost of 87 million euros for the 2006 Winter Olympics. It has a seating capacity of 13,347 when it is configured for concerts with the stage at the end of the arena or 15,657 if the stage is configured at the center of the arena. Over the years, the Palo Olimpico has hosted many international events, including gigs from the likes of Madonna, Lady Gaga, Depeche Mode, and Shakira, as well as various sporting events and entertainment spectaculars, such as the Cirque du Soleil, and is due to host the ATP Tennis Finals later this year. For the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic, the Eurovision Village is back. The Eurovision Village is the official festival area during the event. In the Eurovision Village, You can see live performances by artists, DJs, special events and public viewing of the show's broadcast from the arena. It will be organized by the EBU and the city of Turin and is located in and around Parco del Valentino, which is Italy's very first public garden which opened in 1856. Eurovision Village will be open from Saturday the 7th to Saturday the 14th of May and the public are encouraged to check for local COVID-19
1: regulations before going. The Euro Club is also back, which is a venue for some exclusive parties, official after-show parties, and performances by the participants. Access to the Euro Club is normally only for accredited ticket holders, delegations, and press. In some years, there have been special accreditations for the Organisation Générale des Amateurs de Eurovision, or the OGAE, which is much easier to say. About to say. <laughs> or fans could be gaining access to the Euro Club with VIP tickets. The OGAE International is a network of 40 Eurovision fan clubs from around the world. All countries that have participated in Eurovision are eligible to have their own local OGAE club and there is even one set up for countries not involved in the competition. OGAE Fan Clubs are also the people that organise the Euro Fan Cafe, which is the place for fans to meet up for parties and special events during the Eurovision week. So if you're a Eurovision fan, then why not support your local club? We'll include a link of OGAE Clubs in the show notes. The hosts will guide us through the three shows at Eurovision 2022 have been revealed as Mika, Laura Puzzini and Alessandro Catalan. Best known as Mika, or Michael Holbrook Pennyman Jr., as his mum calls him when he's in trouble, is a Lebanese-British singer, songwriter, live performance, television and radio entertainer, designer and illustrator. He topped the UK charts in 2007 with the song Grace Kelly, becoming a world-famous pop star in no time, although virtually unknown in the States. The single sold over 3 million copies worldwide and his debut album Life in Cartoon Motion went straight to number 1 in the UK and 11 countries and sold over 7 million copies worldwide. I must admit I never really liked Mika's Grace Kelly but I did like his follow up single which was called Relax Take It Easy which did reach number 1 in various countries but only reached number 18 here in the UK. Speaking to Eurovision.tv, Mika revealed his excitement to receive the invitation to host. More than ever, I believe the importance of an international community. In our common values, I believe in the union of people, in breaking down the walls to celebrate our similarities as much as our differences. We can do it thanks to music, which is the most universal form of expression. Eurovision is and so much more. I've watched it since I was a kid and the whole family would get together for the Grand Final. Once a year, more than 40 countries share the same emotions regardless of history or political situation. It's music that unites them. It's an exciting honour to be one of the Masters of Ceremony for these fantastic nights. After Eurovision, Mika will be touring across North America before continuing to gig across Europe and Italy. Laura Pausini is
3: possibly the most awarded Italian artist in the world. She has won four Latin Grammys, a Grammy Award, and a Golden Globe. In 2001, she was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song with You See from the film The Life Ahead. She performs all over the world, and her latest album is also the soundtrack to the upcoming movie Pleasure to Know You. So she recently told Eurovision TV... I'm happy that Eurovision is finally back in Italy and honored to lead such an important event together with my friends Mika and Ali. Together we want to show Europe and the world our extraordinary country. For me, 2022 has started with new music and this fantastic appointment. I want to face Eurovision, a musical event par excellence in Europe and one of the most important television shows in the world with the same energy that has accompanied me throughout my career. We are ready and indeed we
1: can't wait. Alessandro Catalan is very well known in Italy as a TV presenter for 20 years. He has created and hosted late-night shows, entertainment evenings, and even introduced new formats to Italy, such as X Factor Italy. Alessandro has a brand new show on Netflix called Alessandro Catalan Una Semplice Question, or uh, One Simple Question. In the show, he will search for happiness through interviews and unique experiences with celebrity guests. Alessandro had this to say about Eurovision It's an honour to be called to host Eurovision 2022 It's one of the most followed and well-known shows in the world and this year organising it in Italy represents a great opportunity and a historic event for our country I have known Laura Pozzini, and Mika for some time and we've already worked together and we always have a lot of fun and I'm sure it will be the same this time too in 2020, Italian artist Diodato won the
3: 70th Sanremo Festival, which is a musical festival where Italy will decide who will represent them in Eurovision, with the song Fire Amore, which topped the Italian charts and looked set to captivate an international audience at the contest scheduled for Rotterdam. However, as we all know, the COVID-19 pandemic changed everybody's plans and prevented him from competing in the Netherlands. In Italy, Fire Remore became one of the anthems of the lockdown, and in May of that year, during the virtual Eurovision Song Contest celebration, Europe Shine a Light, Diodarto performed his entry at an empty Arena di Verona. The following year, Diodarto did not enter San Remo, which was eventually won by Maneskin, who became Eurovision champions in 2021. Diodato will finally get to perform on the Eurovision Song Contest stage as the singer has been confirmed as the special interval act in the first semi-final of 2022. His performance is hoped to symbolize a return towards normal life after 2 years of restrictions and social distancing, and he will finally have the chance to perform and interact with the Eurovision audience having been denied this special opportunity following the extraordinary events of 2020.
1: Following on from that news, our Italian hosts have now revealed another interval act that is lined up for the first semi-final. The Dance of Beauty will see the Palo Olimpico transformed into a giant disco to celebrate a sound that the Italians have had great success and influence with outside their own borders, dance music. Since the late 1970s, both Italo disco and Italian house music have had a stronghold over dance floors and radio airwaves all over the world. Dardust, one of the most successful producers on the planet, will perform during the first semi-final, accompanied by DJ producer Benny Benassi and British band Sophie and the Giants, with the participation of conductor Silvia Catasta. Now, I think the idea sounds a bit like the Ibiza Classic events that UK DJ Pete Tong and conductor Jules Buckley created with the Heritage Orchestra. Dardust is Italian Dario Faini, one of the world's most popular pianists. His music has accompanied some incredible international events such as the Super Bowl, the NBA All-Star Game and the Olympic Games. As an exceptional composer and producer he has released numerous Italian hits boasting over 60 platinum records. He is currently working on a new project to be released later this year in which he has decided to clearly separate his two musical souls acoustic piano and electric. His influence will perhaps be most known to fans of the Eurovision Song Contest thanks to the runner-up of the 2019 contest, Soldi, which Stardust co-wrote and produced for Mahmood. Marco Benny Benassi is an Italian producer and popular touring DJ who is widely regarded as the pioneer of Electro House, a genre arguably brought into the mainstream by his 2002 summer club hit Satisfaction. Since then, he has remixed singles by big hitters like Britney Spears, Katy Perry and Shakira and produced songs for Madonna, John Legend and recently one of our 2022 Eurovision Song Contest hosts, Mika. Earlier in the year, a band put out a call for members to record something special in Turin and the public answered. Now, this isn't any old band. It's a band called Rockin' 1000 the biggest rock band on earth. Their gigs literally feature 1,000 musicians playing together at the same time and they're coming to Eurovision. Making their way to the Piazza San Carlo in Turin, musicians from all over Europe joined together to perform a new version of the Eurovision anthem, Te Deum, to promote the Eurovision 2022. This spectacular event was followed by another special performance, The musicians performed John Lennon's Give Peace a Chance, providing an emotional moment dedicated to peace and music, the central theme of the 66th edition of the contest. I think this performance will be played into one of the live broadcasts. Rockin' 1000 was the brainchild of Fabio Zaffagadini, a marine geologist who had a vision of the Foo Fighters performing in his hometown of Sassino in Italy. He decided to put a call out to musicians from all over the country to create the biggest tribute to the Foo Fighters ever. With a lot of hard work and determination, on the 26th of July 2015, as the sun approached the horizon, a thousand vocalists, drummers, bassists and guitarists played the song in unison, even catching the attention of the Foo Fighters' Dave Grohl himself. Have a listen to this.
0: I guess Italy is a country where dreams cannot easily come true but it's a land of passion and creativity. So our call is to ask you, the Foo Fighters, to come and play for us. Make some noise for the Foo Fighters. Come on.
1: This is the Rocky 1000, this is 1,000 musicians from all over Italy when they came together to perform for you and ask you to come and do a gig in their city. I can't imagine what it's like to be in your shoes when you first saw this, because when I first saw it, I thought it was the greatest thing I've ever seen.
4: Yeah. I remember the day that hugely emotional moment, because, you know, you just don't think of these things when you're, when you're writing your songs with, your friends or, you know, scribbling these words on a notepad.
1: It's just
4: joyous, Dave. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the cool things about about this experience was that it was a direct connection and request from people to the band. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, would you please come play our, our town? And um, I thought that that was really beautiful. I thought it was, it was cool that they would come up with yeah. such an insane idea and plan. And then you guys went over and played there, right? Yeah, I mean, these moments, sort of show you the, the reach of, of music and the connection that it has with people that you've never met yeah. or that you don't know or that are, you know, thousands of miles away. And I don't know. I mean, it, it just, it, it kind of took my breath away.
1: Since then, Rockin' 1000 have played in stadiums across Europe with an ever-changing lineup as the band recruit new members as they travel. I saw that
3: when it first hit, even before Dave Grohl responded to it. This is an amazing video. I watched it over and over and over again because it was so cool to see them coming together. But I remember seeing Dave Grohl's response. I mean, he was in tears. He was absolutely in tears. And There was also video afterward from the concert that they gave where they brought Fabio up on the stage. Because at the time, Dave Grohl, he broke his foot, I think, or his ankle or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was in a cast. So he was sitting in this massive chair so that he could do all the performances and so forth. And he was like, Fabio, get up here, sit in. And he did. Fabio went up there and he, he sat in the chair and he was up there on stage. It was cool. It was very cool to have that happen.
1: I think uh, he was due to do Glastonbury that year, and he, had, he was still in the cast then, and he carried on. Mm-hmm. I think he, he
3: broke his foot or his leg during a concert and refused to stop. He kept going. The guy's amazing. That does not surprise amazing. me. amazing. So, oh, yeah, yeah, Rockin' 1000. You haven't followed them for a while. That's good stuff. The EBU member broadcasters on behalf of their countries had until mid-October 2021 to formally submit their applications to take part in Eurovision 2022. 41 countries were due to participate. Uh, Armenia and Montenegro didn't participate in 2021, but are back for Eurovision 2022. Russia would have participated in the Eurovision Song Contest, but was kicked out, understandably, after the invasion of Ukraine. The executive board of the EBU made the decision following a recommendation by the Eurovision Song Contest's governing body, the Reference Group, based on the rules of the event and the values of the EBU. The reference group recommendation was also supported by the EBU's television committee. Uh, The decision reflects concerns that, in light of the unprecedented crisis in Ukraine, the inclusion of the Russian entry in this year's contest would bring the competition into disrepute. Before making this decision, the EBU took time to consult widely among its memberships. The EBU is an apolitical member organization of broadcasters committed to upholding the values of public service. They remain dedicated to protecting the values of cultural competition, which promotes international exchange and understanding, brings audiences together,
1: celebrates diversity through music, and unites Europe on one stage. Now it's funny how Belarus haven't submitted their application for this year's contest, but with Belarus' track record of breaking the rules, it's hardly surprising. And what with their close relationship with Russia, there would have been a possibility that they would have been banned from the contest also. The Israeli broadcaster Kan has said in a statement that the Israeli delegation, which includes Michael Ben David, who planned to perform IM for Israel, have decided that they cannot attend the contest in Turin. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs within Israel has been on strike for months over union disputes over working conditions. This has delayed various services handled by the Foreign Ministry, including security, and this is where the issue lies with Eurovision. Israel have a very high security quota when they travel to Eurovision for obvious reasons. However, this doesn't mean that Michael Ben David will not be taking part in the competition. Hopefully, the EBU might allow him to take part virtually, like they did last year for Australia. If Ukraine wins Eurovision this year, it would be
3: impossible for the war-torn country to host the multi-million Euro event, obviously. When Australia joined the contest in 2015, it was agreed that, because of the time difference to Europe, one of the Big Five would stage it if they ever won. So it is now being suggested that one of the Big
1: Five should step in if Ukraine were victorious in Turin. So there's a chance that Eurovision could be held in the UK for the first time in 25 years without even winning. When it says multi-million euro event, it actually costs 20 million pounds just to host it. So what, what, that's that's just a fee for the privilege of hosting it? Yep, you have to pay 20 oh my million god, pounds. dude, that's crazy.
3: And then you gotta pay for you everything then else. You've got to
1: pay for everything else, yeah. Oh my god. It's an expensive business. Wow. So I'd hate to think what the actual fees are for actually using their services so that you can be a member every year is. So it makes you wonder how much the UK have actually paid to the EBU over the 60-odd years that they've been a member, and this is the reason why they're in the big fight. Mm. So before we crack on with Eurovision 2022, we need to address the white elephant in the room, and that is this.
5: Every great song has its own kind of vibe, just like the streets they come from. Now all that music from across America will go head to head on one stage. Every state and territory will compete live for your votes in the biggest televised music event you've ever seen.
4: America's next great hit
5: could come from your
0: hometown.
4: Let's go! American Song Contest premieres
1: live March 21st on NBC. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry.
3: No, we did not need to cover that white elephant in the room. Thank you very much.
1: So we, we mentioned this on last year's Eurovision podcast, which went from, is this actually going to happen to, oh God, here it is, at a rapid rate of knots so the concept of the American Song Contest is very similar to Eurovision you've got 50 states, 5 territories and Washington DC competing so that's 56 artists performing their own music and the result is decided by the viewers at home and a jury of industry experts the contest began as said on that trailer there on the 21st of March on NBC and it was hosted by Snoop Dogg and Kelly Clarkson It is a live show on the East Coast, but it's video delayed for the West Coast. There are new bands and artists taking part, as well as DJs featuring artists, for example Crystal Method, who all I know they're famous for is the theme tune to the TV show Bones, as well as known artists like Michael Bolton, and artists who have fallen off the radar and are trying to resurrect their career like Cisco. It's been going over five weeks so far. You've got 11 or 12 artists competing in each heat with four artists qualifying for the semi-finals from each heat. At the end of each heat, a jury selected one qualifier and three more qualifiers were chosen by a combination of a jury and online public votes. They are revealed on the next episode, so... It goes from the heats to the two semi finals, just like Eurovision, where 10 artists compete in each semi final along with a wild card act from the heats. And then at the end of the semi final, a jury selects one finalist, and four more finalists are actually chosen by a combination of jury and online public voting. And then that brings us to the grand final which takes place on May the 9th at 8pm Eastern or if you live on this side of the pond on the 10th of May at 1am British summertime or 2am Central European Summer Time, at Universal Studios in Los Angeles which just happens to be the very same day that semi-final one takes place for Eurovision. So don't be surprised if it gets a mention during the show or, in fact, if the winner makes an appearance at Eurovision on the uh, on the 14th, on the finals. As I said, you got a jury. It consists of 56 music experts, each representing a US state, a territory, or Washington, D.C. The jury members will be evaluating the artists on their performances, artistic expression, originality, and the hit potential of their songs, which I don't think is a characteristic that they have to... Look for in Eurovision. I don't think that's part of it. The public can vote via either the NBC app, the NBC website, or via TikTok. The American Song Contest follows a point system which every state and territory votes are equal regardless of the size or population of the state. Now, here's the question Should or could America compete in Eurovision? Nope. No. <laughs> It probably could. To compete in Eurovision, you have to officially broadcast EBU events. This means becoming a member of the EBU and paying the relevant fees for the privilege. If NBC decide to obtain the rights to air Eurovision in the States, they could become an EBU member. And after a few years, that would leave them to have the right to compete in Eurovision using the American Song Contest to choose who represents the USA in Eurovision. No. (laughs) As an American, no. <laughs> this year, Israel used the X Factor to select Michael Ben David as their contender for, for the contest. So,
3: This is the point where you insert the clip from Jurassic Park...
1: Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before.
5: Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should.
1: <laughs> <laughs> On a similar note here's a bit of news that has only been released over the last couple of days. Eurovision Canada will join the family in 2023. Artists from each of the ten provinces and three territories representing every music genre imaginable will compete with all new original songs live on Eurovision Canada. There's some big names that have come out of Canada over the years. And of course, you had Céline Dion, who won Eurovision in 1988, representing Switzerland. But yeah, this is actually happening. Next year, there will be Eurovision Canada. What?
0: They're not in Europe! What the? <laughs> Call the Canadian
3: Song Contest. Fine. They, they speak French. <laughs> so we speak French in Louisiana.
1: Ah, see, now you're defending the America. No, no, I'm not. Trust me, this is
3: not a defense. This is a what the <laughs> are they thinking? Oh my God! Who would have thought that a Yankee would be a Eurovision purist in this in this kind of regard?
1: <laughs> oh dear.
2: How many different countries in Eurovision Song Contest? We've got people from different countries and songwriters from different countries for their country. So yeah.
1: But technically, the last time we won Eurovision Song Contest, we had an American singing for us. Who was that? Katrina.
2: But Katrina and
3: the
1: Waves is a mixed US and British band. Yeah, that's true.
2: And the song wasn't even written for Eurovision originally. The Salvation Army or something, I think? It
1: sounds like uh, a Sally Army kind of song, to be honest. You yeah. Can, you can imagine the tambourines and everything. <laughs>
2: I think we've come a lot further.
1: Yeah, there's a lot happened in, was it 25 years or whatever it is? Is that how long? <laughs> we're going to take another short break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, find out how we did during last year's Eurovision with our predictions.
2: Yes, good evening, Helsinki. May I have your votes, please?
0: This Twelve. Twelve points. And final.
5: Twelve. Final. Twelve points. Twelve points. Go,
0: two. Go, two. Go, Go, two. Go Drama. Finally, I can stay. <laughs> Denmark. Norway. Asia. Germany. 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 Bosnia. Germany. Italy. Italy. Russia. 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 Portugal. Spain. Austria. Germany. Germany. we leaving Yugoslavia. Could I have your votes, please? I do not have it. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Sorry. sorry oh, I'm no, I'm so nervous. I'm very excited. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs>
1: So welcome back to the Garbage Pod for our Eurovision special. Right, it's time to find out how we did choosing the winner of the 2021 contest in Rotterdam. Now, before we reveal our results, let's quickly go through the rules. Leslie, John and I picked two songs from the first semi-final plus an honourable mention, two songs from the second semi-final plus another honourable mention, and then one song from the big six that's France, Germany, Italy, Spain and the United Kingdom plus the host nation plus an honourable mention. We added up the official points for any of the songs that we picked that made it through to the grand final. Since 2017, we decided to include our honourable mentions in our scoring because, to be honest, our predicting skills are not up to much, and due to the fact <laughs> that uh, the Eurovision Song Contest can be really unpredictable. But uh, there is one condition to this our honourable mentions will only score half points. So, how did we do? Semi final one. I picked Malta. Slovenia, and as my Honourable Mention, Cyprus. John picked Ireland, Malta, and his Honourable Mention was Sweden. And Leslie picked Cyprus, Malta, and Honourable Mention was Lithuania. Slovenia and Ireland were knocked out of the contest, leaving me with just Cyprus and Malta going through to the grand final and John had Malta and Sweden going through. At this point, all of Leslie's picks went through. We then move on to semi-final two. I picked Finland, Poland, and with an honourable mention of Greece. John picked Finland, Greece, and with an honourable mention of Iceland. And Leslie picked Portugal, Switzerland, and an honourable mention of Iceland. Poland got knocked out of the contest which left me with Finland and Greece going through to the final and all of John's picks went through Once again, Leslie had a full house Like 2019, at this point I had a really bad feeling about this (laughs) Next, there were our big six picks I picked Germany, with an honourable mention of the UK and John picked Italy, with an honourable mention of Germany and Leslie picked Italy with an honourable mention of Spain. So at this point I have six acts going through to the final. John has seven and Leslie has eight. So here's how we did in the grand final. The UK came 26th with nil points. Germany came 25th with three points. Spain came 24th with 6 points Cyprus came 16th with 94 points Sweden came 14th with 109 points Portugal came 12th with 153 points Greece came 10th with 170 points Malta came 7th with 255 points Finland came 6th with 301 points Iceland came 4th with 378 points Switzerland came third with 432 points, and Italy came first with 524 points. So after adding up our points and remembering that we only got half points for honorary mentions, my points grand total was 691, John's was 1,496, and Leslie's was 1,760.
3: Not fair. You're in the industry. It's insider trading. Unfair. (laughs) Unfair. (laughs) Unfair.
1: So the tally since 2016 is 4-1 to John, but congratulations to Leslie for blowing us both out of the water.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much. It could all change this year, couldn't
1: it? It's going to be very different this year, I think.
3: This year was so difficult. For me, anyway.
1: This is the first time since we've been producing these Eurovision shows that one of us has predicted the actual winner of the competition. And in this case, both John and Leslie predicted that Italy would do well in the contest. Dude, that song rocked. And that's all we
3: needed. That song freaking rocked.
1: You see, the thing was, I quite liked the Finland entry because it sounded more like Papa Roach or one of those kind of bands. And I backed the wrong horse.
2: I'm still questioning your Germany judgment. I like the idea
1: of the middle finger.
2: <laughs> how they got away with that, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Actually, one of the bands this year, I'm wondering how they're going to get away with some of the lyrics.
2: Yes, I think I know one <laughs> you mean. The vegetarian one, Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We would usually take a break at this point, but instead I thought it would be a great idea to have an interval act. Leslie has recorded a collection of Eurovision hits for her Leslie and Shaw Sings podcast and has allowed us to play into the show one of her favourite songs from Eurovision 2021. Leslie, would you like to
2: introduce it? It'd be an honour, thank you very much. Yes, yeah, so this one was one of my favourites from last year from Portugal, we came 12th. This one by Black Mamba is called Love Is On My Side.
0: Home when I was Oh, it's street sixteen, chasing blind love and a bunch
2: of broken dreams. Don't know how I thought
0: i be a queen. I can do.
1: So, Leslie, thanks very much for letting us use that. Your voice is amazing. Thank you very much. <laughs> so it's time for our predictions for the 2022 Eurovision Song Contest. There are 40 tracks for Leslie, John and myself to pick from. And as I mentioned before, the three of us get to pick two songs from the first semi semi-final plus an honourable mention two songs from the second semi-final, plus another honourable mention. And this year, as Italy is the host nation, we have Big Five instead of Big Six. So we pick one artist from the Big Five and, of course, an honourable mention. That means between us, there could be 24 unique tracks chosen, but there wasn't. Only 14 out of the 24 were unique. Oh, really? <laughs> As Leslie is our guest, I'll let her reveal her first choice for semi-final one.
2: The first choice I've gone for is the Ukraine with the Kalush Orchestra performing Stefania. Now, obviously there's the political issues, which we won't go into right now, but and I know we're not supposed to be political on Eurovision, but I do think they will score quite highly from a lot of countries with support for that. But aside from that, I've scored the song quite highly because like last year's performance from Go A was like the Angstridden Teenager, and this one's like it's karma older sibling. It's grown up a little bit and has come back with this one. So I think uh, they tested the water a little bit last year. And yeah, I think this one uh, is a bit easier on the ears.
1: I actually picked this one as well. And I think you did, John, didn't you, for your honourable mention? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I like the contemporary meets traditional vibe about this track. Uh, Kind of reminds me of, I I don't know if you remember them, there was a Swedish band in the 90s called Stackabo who had a massive hit across Europe with a song called Here We Go. It kind of reminds me of them, but the Kalusha Orchestra, they remind me of a French rap collective that are called the Alliance Ethnique. There's five members of their group and each of them have got different ethnic backgrounds so that all together they sound something quite unique. And that's what I'm getting from this. It's something that's got the unique sound of traditional Ukrainian music. He's talking about his mother, isn't he, in, this, yeah. in the song. And the Kalush is the name of the hometown of the the guy who came up with the band. And they got together with some multi-instrumentalists who... One of the guys was from GoA, and I was really, really surprised that Kalush were signed up to Def Jam, who are one of the big hip-hop record labels. I didn't know they actually signed up people from outside of the US, to be honest. But then, if you go back to the 60s, Motown actually signed up a country artist. Who was that? I can't remember who it was now, but they had one country artist on their books. I have to find out who that was. It's Ukrainian hip-hop. <laughs> Before I heard that song, I never would have thought that would ever be a thing. <laughs> it's pretty good.
3: It is. It, but, I mean, it certainly stands out among all of the other songs that are, are going on this year because it's Ukrainian hip-hop. <laughs> 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 you know, it's, it's such a cool combination to hear the traditional types of music and then he goes straight into rapping. It's like, what is this? This is cool. You know, and the guy who was doing the rapping was good because he's just going off really fast.
1: I was like, this is
3: cool.
2: I like this.
1: He was really (laughs) spitting bars, as they say.
2: Now, see, I was confused with the Ukraine song because when the Eurovision songs start getting released, I looked on YouTube and, and it still says on there, there's Area by MACFA or MACFA by Area. And it says official music video, Eurovision 2022. So that's the video I was watching. Yeah. Totally different song. And I thought, well, that's not strong enough. I still don't know why that song's up there and what it's going to do with Eurovision because I can't find any other information on it. And then I found out there was the other song that was supposed to be in it, but that got booted out for political reasons. And I'm glad because this one's much stronger, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah right now because i also picked ukraine as my first pick for semi-final one john it's your turn
5: (laughs)
3: That was Bulgaria, the Intelligent Music Project, and the song is intention. And it's straight out of 80s rock. What more do I need? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it comes down to. That, that was just straight eighties rock. You know, you could you could pull that right out of that decade. And I was just like, yeah, I like this. I don't know how well it's gonna do. I don't care. I like it. <laughs>
1: I think it had a kind of um, Scorpions kind of feel to it. I think it's probably because it's from eastern regions because, you know, the Scorpions come in from the German band, aren't they? I think the Scorpions. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of vibe I got from that.
2: I definitely got the eighties, nineties vibe about it. And also, I don't know, there's something about it. This might be why it appeals to you as well. Is um, it sounds very gamey?
3: Uh, I don't know about gamey, but I could hear that being the title of like a nineteen eighties action cartoon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can imagine. You know when you complete a computer game, and at the end, when the titles are going up. Oh, uh, yeah, it's possible too. Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe. I can see that. <laughs> that was in my list of yes, I like it, but there was a a few. Rocky kind of tracks in, in the competition this year um, But it's one I didn't pick
3: <laughs> Yeah Denmark was another one Denmark's was kind of like that way too 80s rock mm-hmm. But I don't know There was something about this one That latched on to me I was like
2: okay So you guys are going to hate me I've put all the rock songs Right at the bottom for me <laughs> And it's not that I don't like rock I do like rock But yeah none of them grabbed me this year That one was probably the best one for me other the rock tunes So
1: Leslie What is your second choice for semi-final one?
2: So This one is from Lithuania Uh, My pronunciation is going to be interesting with this So now from Monica Liu And the song is called Sentimente I love this song There's something incredibly sexy about it I haven't seen the plan for staging um, Or the live performance yet I'm hoping it matches the song Because if it does I think the song could be fantastic If it doesn't match it on the stage It could absolutely ruin it
1: This was my honourable mention for this semi-final. I think it's kind of it's electro swing meeting jazz funk. And I know it sounds a bit cliche, but it's the kind of track you expect France to be entering in the competition.
2: (laughs) Exactly what I thought. I said, who is this when I first heard it? Because I was driving at the time and my husband, Eddie, he had to look it up and I was expecting him to say France and I was really surprised to hear it was Lithuania.
1: I heard it once and I had it stuck in my head. I was actually humming it. And for me, if you've heard it once and that happens, you've got to pick it. Is is that really? (laughs) John, what did you make of that?
0: Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> my notes for that one literally are uh, that it's dance pop and my choice is nope
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't really do anything for Got me Or a lovely bass line to it as well which I quite like ok so it's my second choice for semi final one
5: Want het regent alle dagen en ik zie geen dan volgen. Jij en ik toch samen, dat zou altijd zo zijn.
0: Dararara.
1: So that was S10 for the Netherlands with de Depta. De depta actually means the depth in English. S10 or Stien den Hollander. That's why she's called S10 because S10 is Stien. She's a, a Dutch singer, rapper and songwriter. Throughout her teenage years, she suffered from mental health issues, which led to being admitted to a psychiatric hospital following a suicide attempt when she was 14 years old. And she's since been diagnosed as being bipolar. In 2016, S10 self-released her first mini-album called *Antipsychotica*, which she recorded using her Apple headphones and uploaded to SoundCloud. Shortly after the release, she was discovered by rapper Jiggy DJ and signed up to his record label Noah's Ark in 2017 and one year later she released her second mini-album titled Lifuum. In her songs, her struggle with mental illness is an important theme, with both mini-albums being named after types of psychiatric medication. Die Depte is the Netherlands' first Eurovision entry to be sung in Dutch since 2010. It's a very stripped-down rock ballad, but it doesn't lose that power nonetheless.
2: My notes for this one said, ''I'm not sure what's stopping me ranking this higher.'' The chorus and hooks are really good. Perhaps it just takes a little bit too long to grab me, but when it does, it does. So it's one of those songs I keep listening to and thinking, oh, I really love it. And then when I hear it from the start, I'm like, oh, it keeps going up and down in my ranks. I, I don't know why.
3: It just didn't grab me. That seemed to be a lot of the case for the first semi final. A lot of the songs, they were otherwise good, but there was something about them that I was like, eh, it's not a song that I'd listen to more than a few times. And this just kind of fit right in there.
1: Because I don't know if you know this, John. During the run-up to Eurovision, all of the artists go to these special parties and events that are laid on by the EBU for the fans to meet the people who are going to be taking part in the event and stuff. And she was really popular with the crowds because people can sing along with the la-las and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that was pretty popular.
2: Yeah, that's the thing, because the hooks, those parts which you can sing along to, regardless of language, Mm -hmm. they're fab. But yeah, it's, it's just the verse leading up to it. And there's a whole section within my table, which is all songs which are, like John just said, it's just lacking something. And there's a whole section where that fits in in my table. I don't know what it is that's missing.
1: No, there was something about it I liked. and I, I don't, It just hooked with me. I don't know why. So, John, it's time for your second choice for semi-final one.
0: I've tried to write Somehow I can't move on Oh, you're gone Takes time, all right And I know it's no one's fault Somehow
3: It was Mauro from Portugal with Saudade. The song itself is okay. There's really nothing special to it until about halfway in when they split up into those five-part harmonies throughout the rest of the song. That kind of blew my mind because it sounded so good when all those harmonies kicked in. And that's what roped me into it more than anything else. It's a chill song, it's relaxing, it's not upbeat or anything like that, but man,
1: once those harmonies kicked in, I was hooked. Leslie, this was your honourable mention, wasn't it?
2: Yes, it was, so thank you for choosing that, because I feel guilty it only made my honourable mention. Part of me wants to move it up. Uh, I've chosen to learn this one as well, though whether I record it or not is another matter. Depends if I do it justice or not. But I absolutely adore this song. There's nothing that I don't love about this song. I think it's just beautiful.
1: I think it's got a great arrangement behind it, and, and it's very haunting. If I'd heard it without knowing it came from from Portugal, I would have sworn this would have been Scandinavian.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Because I'd imagine it would be one of these, you know, dark noir Scandinavian drama TV shows would have this as the music in it. For me, it was pretty much a coin toss between this and S10, as I liked them pretty much both equally. But I picked S10 because the message that she's putting out there about mental health.
2: There's a few songs this year with that message, I think.
1: I think there's a lot of songs about fighting your demons and that kind of thing because well, it's all to do with lockdown, isn't it? But What people have been feeling.
2: Yeah. Well, this one, um, I was reading about this earlier and it's written about her grandfather but mm-hmm. in passing away because the word saudade, if I'm saying that right, uh, there's no literal translation in English for it but refers to a feeling of longing, melancholy or nostalgia that is supposedly characteristic of the Portuguese or Brazilian temperament.
1: Okay. As that was Leslie's honourable mention, and my honourable mention was Lithuania, and John's honourable mention was Ukraine, (laughs) uh, we move on to semi final two. (laughs) Yeah, so Leslie, this was your first choice for semi final two.
2: One is the Cyprus entry. For me, it's the winner of the whole competition. I absolutely love this one, and the song is called Ella, and it's performed by Andromache. Now, the song was written by a team of writers, a massive team of writers, different nationalities. We've got Greek, Albanian, Dutch, Swedish, Spanish, and one other team. Robert Ullman produced a massive dance tune. I don't know if you remember Now You're Gone by Bass Hunter and another one of the team, Alex P. Uh, he was part of Fuego, which came second for Cyprus in two thousand eighteen. I mean, I love this one. Any song that has got that kind of Middle Eastern vibe to it kind of pushes its way up the list for me anyway, because that grabs me. But this one has done it better than anyone else, in my opinion, anyway. Only thing that frustrates me with this song is that the one part which I want to sing along to is the one part that's not in English, and I haven't learnt the words yet, and that's the <laughs> chorus. <laughs>
1: now, I love the bass line of this. It just vibrates around the building when, when I'm playing it. It's a typical Cypriot-Greek pop ballad. If you turn on the radio in any of those places, this is the kind of stuff that you hear. I lived out in Greece for nine months when I was younger, and it takes me right back.
2: It makes me want a holiday, desperately. (laughs) I'm going to Crete soon, and I'm counting down the days, and that one is just screaming. Yeah, on my notes it says, I need a holiday. There we go. I can imagine sitting in a taxi from the airport, and that song will be on.
3: John. But uh, uh, it didn't do anything for me. No, it, it's just one of those things that it didn't really do anything for me. It's a nice song, but nothing about it grabbed me. This song kind of is an example of why I love Eurovision and why I think the American Song Contest is a freaking joke. Because you get different ethnic musical backgrounds. You know, like you said, it, it, it sounds like it is a song from the Mediterranean or from that part of Europe. And that is something that, that is different, that is unique and that you're not going to get the American know, song contest.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like for me, because I spent a, a bit of time working in the Middle East and it's got that kind of sound and I think that just instantly takes me back to there and yeah, just makes me think of warmth.
1: Okay, so now it's my first choice for semi-final two.
0: turn into a tiger A girl who looks like she's a
1: Know a song that's going to be a hit if he's got a key (laughs) change. Now, as you know, John, Finland are renowned for rock music and this year Finland have again brought rock to Eurovision in the form of the Rasmus with the track Jezebel. Hell yeah! In the Shadows is one of the best rock tracks of the early noughties and when I found out that the Rasmus were representing Finland in Eurovision I had to hear the track and for me Jezebel does not disappoint. They've been together for nearly 30 years the Rasmus are one of Finland's most internationally successful groups. In the Shadows recently passed the 100 million streaming mark on Spotify, despite the fact that it was released years before streaming was a thing. They've released several platinum albums, won numerous music awards, and played gigs all over the world. Now, Jezebel was written and produced by Desmond Child who has written some of the greatest rock songs over the last 40 years, including Kisses, I Was Made For Loving You, Bon Jovi's Living On A Prayer, Aerosmith's Dude Looks Like A Lady, Alice Cooper's Poison, plus Michael Bolton's How Can We Be Lovers, (laughs) and and strangely, Ricky Martin's Living La Vida Loca. Really? Yeah. What? (laughs) In the chorus, you can hear Bon Jovi-esque echoes of the past, and I, I really hope it does well in the contest.
3: If that came out in the 80s, that would
1: have been a huge hit. Yeah.
3: Somebody went into a time capsule, pulled that song out of the 80s, and brought it forward in time. <laughs> that's what That that was yes, yeah. which is why that was my number two pick. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff.
2: You two are going to hate me so much. <laughs> 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 I've got, uh, I mean, out of 40, I've got that ranked as 37. Wow. Oh, dear. <laughs> I loved In the Shadows. Well, when we put this on in the car, I've got a bit of an issue at the minute, by the way, because my car hasn't got a CD player and I'm really hating it. So I'm relying on Apple Music communicating with my car. So anyway, but the song came on. My other half got excited when he said the Rasmus. I said, who are they? And he said, in the shadows. I said, oh, yeah, I love that song. But my notes say, awesome chorus, because it is. But you have to get past the awful first verse first to get to it. I think it's not musically, it's vocally. I just cannot stand the vocals in the first verse. Sorry. <laughs> Hmm. But the chorus is amazing. Scrap the first verse and it'd move up.
1: I've got a couple of um, the Rasmus albums in my collection, so.
2: <laughs> so it's the thing, it's hard, isn't it? When you've got other information or other knowledge, it's hard not to be biased, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if The Darkness were in it, for instance. John, do you know who The Darkness are? No, not by <gasps> name. They're on tour in America. At the oh,
1: you, you know their stuff, John. You've probably heard probably. it. Probably.
2: I'm a massive fan, but if they were in it, which he has attempted in the past, but we won't talk about that one, if they were in it, I would probably be biased and I'd say it was amazing even if it wasn't. so
1: <laughs> Okay, so John, let's check out your first choice for semi-final two.. <laughs>
3: Okay, that was Estonia and uh, Stefan. The song was Hope. Well, I mean, the song itself I loved. I thought it was, you know, it was good. It was upbeat. I loved the orchestration and so forth. But let's face it, that is also pretty much ripped out of the spaghetti westerns, which is a distinctly American genre. It was our old west here. It's part of our history, and it it just grabbed me. But I mean, it's also not unlike the song that Muse came out with several years ago called Knights of Cydonia, which also had a very heavy American Western feel to it.
1: It was really good. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, I know the song, John, but John. Yeah, and the video. Spaghetti Western. Yeah. Called that because they were filmed in Italy.
3: They were filmed in Italy. Yeah, I get that. But, I mean, the time period that they were all about was clearly American history.
2: I never knew that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The sets were all in Italy. That's why they called them Spaghetti Westerns.
3: Italy or Spain, mostly directed by Italian directors. Obviously, Ennio Morricone was an Italian Mm -hmm. composer, but his songs are very closely associated with the Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah.
1: What I've got in my notes is I should have put money on John picking this. <laughs> <laughs> and I've put it straight out of Good the Bad the Ugly. So... <laughs> yeah.
2: It was, yes. And I've written, I imagine the saloon doors flying open with a singer coming in with a piece of straw in his mouth. There we go. <laughs> yep. Good tune, though. It's a very good
1: song. I yeah. actually thought, John, you were going to mention, was it Waylon? Waylon. Waylon. Yeah. Three
3: years
2: the problem, see,
3: that's, that's Nashville country. Mm. That's really not the same as this kind of song. This is an, an old West kind of feeling, which, yes, I mean, it, that's more movie related than it is historical than, it, you know, yeah. than anything else. But no, nah, I mean, you can't really categorize that with, at least not in my opinion, you can't really categorize that with something you'd hear in Nashville. Yeah. You know, that'd be like Texas or, or Arizona on the old trail sort of song.
1: So now it's time for Leslie's second choice for semi-final two.
0: You say that you never fell.
2: So we've got Sweden, Cornelia Jacobs, and the song is called Hold Me Closer. This is her, let me get this right now, I think fourth attempt to get into Eurovision. Back in 2011 and 2012, she entered with a girl group called Love Generation, but didn't get chosen to represent Sweden. And then in 2021, she wrote a song, which didn't get chosen. But this year is her year now. I mentioned a little bit earlier on about Biased. I don't know if that's happened with this one. When I was looking at the songs, this was one of the first things I found was someone had written predictions of the odds, who they thought was going to win, and they put this one at the top. So that one kind of brought my attention to the song, so I don't know if it would have automatically. So I'm not sure if I'm being biased or not. But I've got this one in third place overall for myself. I think it's a good song. I think the production is really good. For me, John might disagree, I'll get the feeling. But for me, I think this song grabs you on the chorus. Grabs me, anyway. That one I actually had listed as a not bad, not a meh. (laughs) I'm creeping up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For me, there was a few that were like it, so I was like...
2: (laughs) Yes, I know what you mean. Creighton, what are you doing, man?
1: Oh, sir, I'm listening to The Garbage Pod. It's a podcast I found in the podosphere. Okay, so now it's my second choice for semi-final two.
5: Sometimes I feel good Sometimes I lose my mind and my soul That's when I see you And out of the blue I answer your call And I've been trying to escape my best. Upon bond the sadness that you left behind I've been trying to erase my mind But you're still like a nightmare And I close my eyes I'm gonna of-
1: might have to forgive me for this but it's uh, jeremy mccase i think his surname uh, is i was looking for interviews with him which might help me pronounce his surname so i didn't see one so i didn't know completely how to pronounce it so he comes from uh, antwerp in belgium and he was discovered at a young age by his parents that he could sing he comes from a musical background, from the Gospel Church, as you can probably tell. He auditioned for Series 9 of The Voice in Belgium, performing is Jealous, with all four coaches turning for him in April 2021, and then he went on to win the show. Miss You is an R&B track, obviously, with uh, Gospel Flavours running through it. I can imagine Justin Timberlake singing this, and I thought to myself, why do I think that? And it's very similar to uh, "Crimea a River.
2: Well, like you did earlier with uh, some songs, you found similarities. I grouped three of them together. So there was Belgium, Azerbaijan and Poland. And that one didn't win for me out of those three of the songs I found quite similar. Mm-hmm. Um, the gospel thing, it surprised me last year. I can't remember which song it was, but there was one with a, like a gospel background last year. And I thought the song would absolutely storm. And it was a complete flop. I can't remember who it was. But yeah, no, it is a good song. It's up there and it is in the three, but it wasn't my favorite. I'm not going to tell you which one was because that's coming up in a minute. John. <laughs> uh, it just didn't
3: grab me. I know the song you're talking about, Leslie, from last year. It's like, oh, I can remember. Cause I, I made a note about how that was very gospel-heavy, and I actually liked it. Mm. And I remember it didn't do well. It's like a lot of the songs from this year did not grab me. This is not 2016's Vision for sure.
2: See, I, <laughs> I, I missed out on 2016. Was that the best year?
1: For
3: me and the kind of music that I like, I made sure to buy the soundtrack to that
1: one. Uh, talking of Belgium, we are here, I think. That's
3: still on my CD that I play in my car. Yeah, What's the Pressure
1: is still there. So good. Oh my God. Try and describe it, Leslie. Uh, Fleur East.
2: Yeah.
3: It was like that. Yeah, it was just straight 1970s funk right out of, you know, Nile Rodgers and so forth. It was so good. It
2: wasn't the girl in the hot pants, was it? Uh, No, I I don't think she did. No. No, you'd have remembered if it was. <laughs> just, just 2016 had so
3: many different songs that I really, really liked to the point that I actually bought the Eurovision soundtrack. But it's like, this year, nah. <laughs> Maybe one or two songs if I could, but we're nowhere close to 2016 for me.
1: So, as we mentioned earlier, as John picks the Rasmus with Jezebel as his second choice, mm-hmm. we move on to Leslie's Honourable Mention for Semi-Final 2. Gonna lay my head
5: I
2: The song is called River (laughs) Apologies for my pronunciation of the artist Ochman I think it is possibly So yeah this song There's a few which I mentioned I've kind of grouped together Of all the songs that I feel are striving for Arcade or Tootle Universe However you say it This one is the one that's nailed it for me Possibly because one of the songwriting team Is Ashley Hicklin And he's written songs for former winner Duncan Lawrence. And he's written six Eurovision songs, including Amen from last year, which I liked. Sadly, uh, it didn't make it to the finals, but I liked it. That was for Austria last year. Yeah, so he's born in America to Polish parents. But nowadays, he lives back in Poland after returning to go and do some studying. And he's been on The Voice of Poland in 2020. Yeah, I just think that this song personally is, out of those ones, as I said, striving to recreate those winners. Sometimes it's a a wrong thing to do, try and recreate something. But this one, to me, has done it, if you understand what I mean.
1: Yeah, for me, um, there's a couple of songs in this year's contenders that I've got that kind of Sam Smith kind of feel. And I'm not a big fan of Sam Smith. (laughs) The
3: song itself... I mean, it wasn't bad it wasn't wasn't on my go-to list For this year The refrain is probably The strongest part I like the orchestration for it And it's got more Stuff to it Shall we say
2: Well I did notice A few of the songs this year You can see that Some of the countries Are deliberately trying to Recreate Italy Or recreate yeah. um, It was Switzerland Wasn't it Tootlunivir Last year You can see them Trying to go for that And I said Sometimes it can be a mistake When it can be a bit Too contrived With some of the songs You can almost see The checklist Where they've gone Yeah tick We've put that in the song We've done that Done have that, done that but this one to me it kind of flowed
1: yeah I don't know what you mean so now it's time for my honourable mention for semi-final two <laughs> That was Georgia with uh, Circus Mercus who had a song called Lock Me In. Now, as you know, John, I like to gamble with something that's a little bit out there. That's out there, all right. <laughs> so that's why I picked this song. There isn't a lot of information out there about them. Only the official spiel that you got on the website. I've looked everywhere, and it's just repeating the same stuff over and over again. But they're a, a progressive rock band, and when as soon as I heard the term progressive rock band, I was like, uh-oh, what you're going to hear is probably going to be pretentious. They mostly play experimental music, and the band was formed by three local Circus Academy dropouts at the end of 2020. We weren't good enough, probably the worst in the crew, and that's why we became friends. Amazing. Now, Lock Me In is a fusion of guitar pop, rock, funk, and synth pop. And this is what I'd normally expect Montenegro to come out with. It reminds me of bands like Air or Shop or uh, El Presidente. And, John, you probably don't know any of those. No, nope. Neither
3: do
0: I. Sorry.
1: <laughs> the kind of stuff that you'd expect to hear on Six Music. <laughs>
0: right.
1: <laughs> John, that's a radio station for alternative pop.
2: <laughs> ah. Now, I've got to say, I absolutely love this song. This is on the left side of the table for me. I don't know if it's going to be the same for John. But uh, what have I written down here? It's a great, unusual, eclectic song, which I gather is exactly how the band works. I don't think it'll get the appreciation it deserves. Very early 90s sound on the chorus. Yeah, so many different things going on with it. But yeah, I love it. I would listen to it more in the car if I wasn't constantly arguing with the car when I ask it to play Circus Mercus and it tries to find the nearest circus available to me. <laughs>
3: No, did not. But to me, progressive is Talking Heads, yes. Alan Parsons' project, which that ain't. It sounded very much New Wave, that sort of thing. That refrain was just repetitive as all hell. This song was absolutely a big nope for me.
1: So now we move on to John's Honorable Mention for Semi-Final 2.
5: He named- Zdawnia, Boże zdrawia, Boże zdrawia, Boże zdrawia Boże zdrawo, nie mam knijżycu Nie, Може бити здрава, бити здрава, бити здрава, бит издава, би, бети, бите, бит издава, бит издава, бити здрава, може,
3: so that was Incorporano by Constructive from Serbia. And that song, I know it kinda of sounds contradictory considering what I just said about your your song, but there was something about that because there's so much going on in there. It goes from what feels like new wave synth popped, and all of a sudden the chorus goes into this full, like there's a chorus behind her that's being added in. There were certain sections of that song, I immediately felt your rhythmics. Okay. It's so different compared to so many other songs from this year. Plus, the video is one of those that it's so weird you have to watch it. Mm. <laughs> you know, those kinds of songs. You don't really like the song, but you gotta watch the video because it's just that video. I guess another way to, to think about this is. The song itself is what, but then you add the video to it and it's even more wait a minute, <laughs> what is this? Just like the song from a couple of years ago. From Italy. From Italy, yes, you knew where I was going with, the with gorilla. that. You knew where yeah, I was yep. going
5: with that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and this song gave me that same kind of feel, but like I said, it's definitely more new wave, you know, techno pop kind of thing. But then the way that the chorus just kind of blew out to more than that, and then all of a sudden switched to the feel of something like the Eurythmics. I was like, it, it grew on me fast. Plus, the song itself is interpreted as a critique on the, uh, the healthcare system in Serbia, as well as a satire on high beauty standards, which is all, both of which are a problem here in America, especially the healthcare system part. <clears throat> so,
1: this song just roped me in. Now, once again, it's a song with a very heavy bass line, which I liked that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of the bits that you said about my choice was what I said is very repetitive and a bit Mm -hmm. monotone.
2: (laughs) Yep, yep, it was. It
3: was. I admit that.
2: My notes for this one says Every contest needs one of these And here it is I saw the video with the English subtitles First time I saw it And the first line tickled me With its randomness What could be the secret Of Meghan Markle's healthy hair How can you open the song with that It's fantastic I said even though I don't know the words I have to sing along with the chorus In fact all day yesterday I was singing the chorus And thank you very much I'm now going to be singing again Thank you
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Leslie Now we move on to the Big Five
5: And I wanna go home.
2: I've never been so proud of a song from our country. I don't think I've ever been proud before, actually. This one is the first time. It's the UK Sam Ryder, Spaceman. Now, Sam Ryder became very famous during lockdown through TikTok because he started performing cover versions of songs. And by the end of 2020, he was the most followed UK artist on TikTok. Now, I don't know if I'm biased because it's British, but it's right there at the top. It's in second place from my overall list. I think I'm kind of holding back on it, but I definitely think it deserves to be up the top. Last year, OK, we didn't deserve to be at the top, didn't deserve to be at the bottom either. But this one definitely, definitely, definitely deserves to be not just on the left side of the leaderboard, but up there among the top three, I'd say.
1: Now, as we jokingly say every year, I'm kind of contractually obliged to at least mention the UK entry. <laughs> But I have decided that this was going to be my big five choice. Also, not just because it ties in well with our sibling podcast TGP Nominal, <laughs> but I think that we yeah. do have a chance of finishing at least on the left-hand side of the, of the scoreboard this year. Yep. The song itself has a, a very kind of Beatles vibe to it, a bit like Tears for Fears. So, in the Seeds of Love, it's got that kind of Beatlesque hmm. bits in places on there. Sam has been really popular at Eurovision live events in the lead up to the finals I even heard him do a version of Spaceman to the backing track of last year's winner
0: really oh,
5: if I was an astronaut I'd be floating in mid air, and the broken heart would just belong to someone else down there. I would be the centre of my lonely universe but I'm human and I'm crashing down to Earth. if I was not national I'd speak the satellites my navigation systems would search for other life but I'd be up and thinking about what I
1: But it worked. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just got to make sure he doesn't have any more accidents before the accident. Uh, yes,
1: yes. Wasn't he on a, a scooter or something? And he yeah. uh, had, you know, those uh, scooters that you can hire, John, those um, electric scooters that you can hire a yeah, year ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had an accident on one of those and ended up in hospital. Oh, yikes. And I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> But yeah, he's been doing these mini concerts in the parks. He did one in Amsterdam. The crowd was singing back to him, so he's doing something right.
2: Yeah, I saw the Madrid one, and that was, yeah, the fact that everyone was singing it back, definitely.
1: Yeah, and he's loving it. He went to the, uh, the Italian Grand Prix, and he was in the, in the pit lanes and this, that, and he was having a whale of a time. <laughs> what did you think, John?
3: I'm just going to put this out there. All five of the songs for this category, I didn't like a single one of them. Okay. My choices came down to sort of like the American presidential race, the lesser of two (laughs) evils, or in this case, the lesser of five evils. None of the songs in the five I liked. Uh, It was just a big (sighs) no. But, when it comes to songs that I did not like the least, I guess, this was probably top of that list. It didn't grab me at all, and I thought that refrain was annoying. Just the way that it went up to those super high notes and then dropped all the way down. I was like, whoa, dude, holy cow. It shows his range, though. It does. Oh, no, absolutely. It does show his range, and that there's nothing wrong with that, but no...
2: <laughs> Showing up his range is causing me a problem, though, because I really want to learn this song, and uh, I'm not sure I'm going to hit those notes <laughs> nice. I can hit them. Whether they sound nice or not is a different thing.
3: Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's just, it's no take on me. Maybe there's a little bit of, you
1: know, support of England on that one, but. Yeah, I was, I was really surprised to be honest with you. It's the first time ever that you've actually uh, put your ex against the UK. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was the first time we possibly deserved it, though.
1: Yeah, for a long time, to be honest. Well, I was a bit disappointed last year. I mean, the, the song was good. He just didn't have the voice for it. It needed to have somebody else doing the vocals.
2: Yes, that's uh, exactly what I said.
1: Whoever chose his outfit needed shooting. <laughs>
2: the,
1: the, the staging was bad as wow. well.
2: <laughs> have you seen the staging for this one yet?
1: Not yet. No. I,
2: I don't know if it's all top secret. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I think
1: it is. I think it is a bit top secret
2: might be a wheelchair this right, if, he, if he's not kidding. yeah if
1: he if he carries on the way he is going on here yeah.
2: <laughs> he says he's banned himself from doing anything that he normally does, like snowboarding and surfing
1: that he's known for that area for um snowboarding and stuff, so hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I noticed on YouTube One of the people commenting on the song they, they pointed out that to shorten the song to the three minutes They've taken up the second verse So the one that leads into the first chorus mm. And for them, that was the strongest part of the song
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people complaining about the fact That they have reduced the time limit down
2: Well, they have to
1: I mean, there's more and more countries taking part So it's difficult to get them all in When I was editing these down to a minute To a minute and a half You're not doing the song justice at all No as we've all chosen the UK as our Big Five choice, um, <laughs> let's move on to Leslie's Big Five honourable mention. <laughs>
5: Se esprimermi e ti vorrei un mare ma sbaglio sempre
0: e ti vorrei un ballo, un cielo di perle e pagherai
2: Back to Italy this year for me. Mahmoud and Blanco with the song "Brividi." The song was written and performed by both Mahmoud and Blanco and the song broke the record for the most streams in one day on Spotify in Italy. Blanco's had four number one singles in Italy, including this one, and I only found this bit of information out about half an hour before we all started chatting today. That Mahmoud has had two number ones. I don't know if doing a duet is a bit risky because how it's going to perform live. I can understand the video. do you know what I mean, that works well. But when it comes to two guys singing on stage together, what have I written down here? Uh, I've got visions of a less than pleasant Estonia's Everybody from 2001. I don't know if you guys remember that one. <laughs> I just don't want that happening on stage. Them, do you know what I mean, there was just an absolute awkwardness with two fellas singing on stage together.
1: My concern on it is that there's parts of it that sounded a bit auto-tuned. Thank
2: you, mm. good, that
1: wasn't just me.
2: Yes, I know what you mean now.
1: And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out on the stage.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was a song last year There was a problem with that. Um, Roxanne, on the record, it's heavily auto-tuned. And when it came to her singing it live on stage with a full-on dance routine, that just it just had no melody whatsoever. So yeah, it could be risky live, yeah, that's a good point. But it was the lesser of the evils once again because the others I didn't rank at all, really. When the
3: two are going together with their harmonies, it sounds great they were very good on complimenting each other musically but as you said how much of it was auto-tune and how much of it was just them you know so i'm glad you said that because i was wondering that too
2: so i want to change my mind now <laughs> i want to give that wolf a banana in instead
1: <laughs> <laughs> so john that was yours as well wasn't it yeah it was so i'm gonna break the mold <laughs> <laughs>
5: And I went with this. Sometimes I got this kind of sting that's right inside my chest. Its only purpose is convincing me that I'm a mess. And even though it's always been an uninvited guest, it finds a way, and nonetheless, wish I could change my address. And you know, just be somebody else for a couple of days. Although, I'm pretty sure we all feel the same kind of way. Cause if you think about it, aren't we all set in a place where we look back at better days and wish they weren't so far away? I wish that I could just go back and be the way I was. I wish I'd still not give a damn about how I come across. I wish the way I saw myself had never gotten lost. in all the worries, all the thoughts, all the thinking, all the parts, so exhausted, always caught up inside my doubts and flaws. And I'ma count them all, somebody catch me, I'm about to fall. Yeah, I'm about to fall, can we press pause? I'll do a restart and be who we are. We used to be the rock stars. We never thought of no heart until the thing we call life stop being and I wish there was a way to go back dreaming. Remembering it so hard. when time is moving so fast. Wish there was a way to know that we're in. The good old days before we all just leave them.
1: So that was Malik Harris representing Germany with Rockstars. Now Malik is a uh, German-American singer and a rapper. He's been writing songs for over a decade. He comes from a very musical family. His grandfather was an opera singer. His grandmother was a pianist and his father plays several instruments and teaches the cello. What impressed me about Malik is how he uses a loop station to create his uh, compositions. And I've heard some others of his tracks and when he was on the Eurovision house party sessions and I think he has some awesome skills there.
2: Is he going to be doing that on stage and the, the loops? Oh, say so send no. that. No, you can't because you have to use the backing track, don't you? Well, I thought it screamed Eminem Stan. To yeah. Me. yeah. I mean, it... screamed it beyond. It's like, you may as well just done that song. Um, now, John, I doubt you you know who I'm on about, but I don't know if you remember Chris Moyles doing a <laughs> yeah. rip of Stan, Stunter. That's what it sounds like to me. I've got that one rated 35 out of 40.
1: Okay. No, as I say, when he was doing the live sessions, I was quite impressed with uh, the, the way he built up the songs as he went.
2: That might have swayed me. If I'd have seen that, that might have pushed it further up for me.
1: Drum. yeah
3: <laughs> i've never liked songs that have a lot of talking to them and that was kind of it felt like it was somewhere between regular talking and rap but not quite fitting in either category if it was rap fine i could have put that on a different level but it just didn't give me that feel to it and it just no
1: Before we finish our predictions, there's something I just wanted to play in by one of the most unusual of this year's contests, with a cover of one of Eurovision's loved winning entries. Have a listen to this.
5: Years ago, when I was younger I kind of liked Girl I knew she was mine and we were sweethearts That was then but then it's true I mean- Every day we started fighting Every night we fell in love No one else could make me sadder But no one else could lift me higher But I don't know what I was doing When suddenly we fell apart Nowadays I cannot find her When I do, we'll get a brand new
0: start
1: So that was Norway's Subwoofer, with ah. their take on Alexander Ryback's Fairy Tale, a song that he won in Eurovision for Norway back in 2009. Now, wait, 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 wait. That song won Eurovision? Not that version.
2: <laughs> I wonder how far would it would have got.
1: I have no idea where it would have got if they'd released that <laughs> Okay, you scared me. Alexander Ryback's version was uh, a young lad with a violin who was playing that bit. So the bit they were going yum, 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 that was supposed to be a violin at that point. The funny thing in the video for this is when they were going yum, 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 they were rubbing their bellies as they go yum, 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 (laughs) yum. That was taken from the Eurovision house parties sessions. So it was quite quite good fun.
2: I'm glad you've mentioned the band, though, because they didn't fit into any of my choices for tonight. But to me, this song is absolutely awesome. Uh, Not that song. (laughs) Definitely not that song. But Give That Wolf a Banana. For a comedy, gimmicky, novelty song, it's been done really, really well. And it reminds me of the song What Does the Fox Say? John, do you know What Does the Fox Say?
3: Unfortunately, yes.
2: (laughs) Well, I couldn't think of the name of the group. So I typed into Wikipedia, Ilvis came up, and it says that they are rumoured to be Subwoofer. Uh. <laughs> so that would explain a lot <laughs> But I do love it And I might even record that one, we'll see
1: So that brings us to the end of our Eurovision special For another year I'd like to thank Leslie and John for coming back To celebrate all things Eurovision with me
3: Thank you very much for having me It's always a pleasure
1: And behalf of everyone at the Garbage Pod We'd like to wish good luck to all the countries Competing in Turin on the 14th <laughs> weebly.com that's spamheadproductions.weebly.com well that about wraps it up for this episode of the garbage pod be sure to visit the garbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode just look for the relevant tab on the menu if you want to get in touch with us then
0: send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com where your input is our output
1: If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest
3: in movies and home theatre for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at
1: widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread
0: the word about us. The Garbage Pod is a Spamhead production.